Let me tell you about my hometown, Esteli, Nicaragua. The city of Esteli is a world full of colors that match the spirit of my people. The walls of Esteli are brightly painted with colorful graffiti, and the humble homes are close together like our tight-knit community. This was captured by Dope Diaz and Soul Culture Studios, and now is display on this beautiful vase. Nica Rustica brand featured El Brujito, the official symbol of the city of Esteli. El Brujito is a petroglyph that was found in a rock over 6,000 years ago, and it is a symbol of pride for every Esteliano. Nica Rustica Dove is a unique, unpolished Habano experience, and we are super excited for you to try it. Nica Rustica Dove, from our house to yours. Flavor Odyssey is brought to you by Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars, and Smokin' Cigars, voted number one in selection and customer service. A Flavor Odyssey. And now from Cigar Dojo Studio Lot B, your hosts, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. And welcome to the Flavor Odyssey. I am your host for the evening, Randy Griggs. I am joined by none other the man, the myth, the legend, Master Sensei himself. Eric, how are you doing this evening? Oh. I'm excited to be on the show with you, my friend. I know yes. I'm, a, I'm much better looking than Robbie, so the audience is probably um, excited about that. Robbie is on. Uh, uh, what do you what do you say? He's on uh, sabbatical. Yeah, he's on uh, something. He's not here. Basically, is what the uh, <laughs> yeah yeah. It's the bottom. I, I think I I gotta teach him something. So I saw he was headed to Portugal. Um, and he does, he allows Facebook just to put that little map with the dots. Me, I like to class it up when I'm traveling somewhere. Mm. What I do is I go to Google images and I get the coolest picture of Portugal that I can. Mm. And then I replace the silly little map. We know where Portugal is on a map. What we want to see is like the downtown plaza, like a fountain or something. Or right. Cork tree. What a yeah. dingleberry he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome everybody. We um, are continuing. Uh, huge apologies for missing the show last week. I'll just be honest. Um, Robbie was always going to miss it because he's been apparently he's in Portugal for like a month, um, and I got so sick, Eric. You would not believe oh. I was so sick. Well, I'm glad that How you're. Sick? Are you feeling better? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm back. I'm good now. Uh, I started. Started feeling a little bit better a few days ago. Started smoking cigars a few days ago, so I can try and like reacclimate, get back to my 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 sense of of it, all things right. You know, I think it's been scientifically proven. And you guys can look this up if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter. By the way, please share the show to your own feed. Um, mm -hmm. Like, click, subscribe, do all those things because that's what keeps this show on the air. But uh, Randy, I'm pretty sure, and Jordan. Back me up on this one. And uh, by the way, take a look at our studio. Look at Matt. 
look at Matt. He's just he's working it. He's working the cocktails. He's doing stuff. So he's doing uh, stuff. He's doing stuff. He's look mixing up. stuff. He's doing stuff. But you know, Scotty and Jordan, you guys back me up, Randy. I think it is is now scientifically proved, Scott, that when a guy gets a cold, we are affected more than when women get a cold. So like. A girl gets a cold, a woman gets a cold, and like you know, the age old thing is, oh, the woman gets a cold. She's still she's still doing stuff. She's still doing her thing. Yep. She's still working out. She's and but when a dude gets a cold, he's just out. He's on the couch. He can't do Done. squat. And then they looked into this. They've looked at the scientists have looked into this, Scott, and they've okay. determined that men just biologically are more affected by colds than women are. So well, it's, we've nothing, got it's nothing we didn't know already. <laughs> Even I mean, if I, I mean, colds are terrible. They're the world ending thing. You have to be like on the couch for like three days. Yes. Please. You know, just, absolutely. Just, just watching, watching Dateline. TV and napping and having food brought to you. That's required. <laughs> now that is, that's an actual. A cold should never knock you out. That if is you're, an actual scientific. You're allowed fact. to skip things if you have a fever or you're throwing up. That's the only two things. <laughs> oh, Jordan. Yeah, don't rain on our. Parade. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm kind of with you. Like, like I was actually making this comment today. We, I had a coworker. Yeah, over, I'm actually uh, talking stuff here. You guys are a couple of babies over here. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. yeah. I, 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 I'm actually with Jordan a little bit. I was teasing someone, a coworker of mine, uh, had had an issue, and uh, today in her personal life, and I said, "Suck it up, get back to work." <laughs> and and, and I, I was called a sociopath. Her okay. Her fiance was hit by a bus. Okay, like, I guess. <laughs> It's been proven that and, when a guy and, gets hit by a bus, it's way worse. <laughs> female gets hit by a bus. So, Randy yeah. is you will yeah. not miss another flavor Odyssey for any reason of illness or anything like that or problems because it's you know you just said it's like you got got to suck it up. Well, you right, gotta, right. You, That's what we're doing. A, a you got fever this. So or you're we got throwing you locked up. in now, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd like to say yes. You know what? I'm gonna go with yes. I mean, life might prove me wrong at some point, um, but but yeah, like if let's just leave it at this, Jordan. If you can't leave the bathroom for more than five to ten minutes at right. a time, just leave it at that. Um, that's that's a it's a, it's a show ender right, right there. All right, all right. This is this is quickly <laughs> devolving. So tonight we're getting back on track with um, really just episode two of. Um, no, wait. Is it two? Three. Three? Three. We had a wild Episode start. three. Yeah. Well, it, it, that's the thing is we keep going back and forth, and it, it, Jordan no, keeps telling don't. me the wild card. It, wasn't a wild card? You you do that. We don't do that. We It's we episode, had in this whole time. It's episode three. It's funny. You can keep All right. so, you actually show up. It's, it's weird how that works. <laughs> that's, a fair, that's a fair point, Scott. That's a fair point. Um, so we're continuing to smoke through the Cigar Dojo, Cigar of the Year, Sampler pack found only at Smokin. Um and tonight we are featuring none other than um I believe number seven, right? Nine. Number seven. Nine. Number nine, thank you. Um the Alley Radley double broadleaf. The uh, so so this is the third cigar in the experimental series. Uh, this started, if you guys recall, a couple years back. They came out with Project Forty, which actually um, 
took the did a really good job that that year with that cigar. I remember that was a, kind of a surprise. It kind of came out of nowhere. No one really um, knew what to expect with this new line. Project Forty got a lot of pub uh, that year that it came out, and then they came out with Project Forty Maduro the following year. And so this is the third cigar to release in the experimental series. Uh, and what the the folks over there, Alec Bradley, have done was they took Connecticut seed broadleaf. They took it down to, to Honduras. And so what we have here uh, in for our smoking pleasure this evening, ladies and gentlemen, is a Honduran-grown Connecticut seed broadleaf wrapper with a second Honduran-grown Connecticut seed binder, a second binder from Nicaragua, and then all Nicaraguan and Honduran fillers. And there is no mention whatsoever to the varietals in the fillers or that second binder. Uh, uh, wrap or binder only to, that other than to say that it's uh, Nicaraguan. So uh, hence double broadleaf. We've got it uh, on the wrapper and the the binder. So it'd be fun, Eric. You know we've we've done whole segments on broadleaf before and talked a little bit about the flavor profile that we expect from Connecticut broadleaf. We've even talked a lot about Pennsylvania broadleaf on the show and kind of how those two differ. So it'll be really interesting to go through and see if we can kind of uh, pull out some of the similarities and some of the differences that um, we feel like we're detecting from the Honduran grown version. Right. Um, and we should do this early in the show, I think, guys. But uh, so now we know what we're going to pair with the cigar yes. and and um but before i even say that before before i even say what jordan and scott and matt and myself are all pairing with alec bradley double broadleaf um we have to help randy out so as an audience uh on youtube and facebook here's what we want you guys to vote on now randy has two possible pairings he can go with and we are going to without knowing what they are we are going to just say we're going to vote and and decide what they are. So so Randy, you can either go with a pairing that you believe to have complementary flavors or contrasting flavors. So let's get the polls going now, um, so that we can uh, have an answer within the next five minutes or so for you, and then you'll Perfect. just pick whatever the audience says. So That's Jordan, right. I've got I've got my poll going on YouTube. Do you have your poll going on Facebook? Sure do. Okay. Um, so Randy, while while the while the people are voting to decide whether you do complimentary or contrasting, I'm going to be really interested to hear what the one that wins and what the one you would have gone with is. But we'll go ahead and say what our pairing is with the Alec Perfect. Bradley Double Broadleaf. So here's the thing. Double Broadleaf. Um, here at the studio, we decided to go with a double old fashioned. And so what we did is we, uh, instead of doing the, what you would normally do with the, um, the certain amount of bourbon, Matt has doubled it. So we did a, <laughs> we did Alec and Bradley bourbon as one of the bourbons. What's the other bourbon we did, Maddie? The other, the other bourbon that we did is old Forester. So this has double what you should normally, as a ratio, Randy, double what you normally should use for bourbon. So that is going to change it somewhat. It's going to obviously make it uh, far more bourbon forward in this particular cocktail. But heck, the Alec Bradley Double Broadleaf is far more 
uh, broadleaf uh, forward as a cigar. So we're going to see how that goes. So our pairing is a double old fashioned, which double, we double. just made up tonight. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad you you clarified because when you originally told me you were doing a, a double old fashioned, I was like, well, I always make double old fashioned, <laughs> twice twice the amount of every ingredient. So you're saying the only ingredient in this cocktail that was doubled is the bourbon. Right. This is not a regular old-fashioned recipe. It's essentially a regular old-fashioned recipe, but then we've doubled the bourbon and we've made a nice mix with uh, the Alec and Bradley bourbon, which they released, and some Old Forester. And I can tell you already, it's it's, it's very, very bourbon-forward. It's basically like a – it almost tastes to me uh, right off the bat. It's very good, by the way, Matt. Thank you. Um it's like a uh, sweetened glass of bourbon. Just I love so that we nice. went through this whole discussion description to describe basically just a giant glass of bourbon <laughs> yeah. with a little bit of old fashioned garnish. Yeah, that's exactly. what we're doing tonight. That's pretty much that is pretty much what we're doing. So we'll see how that goes. I think it's going to be a good pairing, Randy. Um, but but we shall see. Now, has anybody checked to see if this? sampler is back for sale randy on smoke in do we know if it's still sold out or if it's uh i'll, I'll, I'll check right now the last time i checked uh last while randy's week, checking that you guys back on if you guys are watching and you are pairing with the old-fashioned or i mean with the uh alec bradley double broadleaf uh, as the show goes on uh please post your pairings because at the end of the show we are going to pick uh one of the audience members who we think paired it best and what we're going to do in, in these five episodes that have the um, Smoke In Cigar Dojo Cigar of the Year sampler, that's a mouthful right there. What we're going to do is we're going to pick a winner each week, and two of those winners are actually going to get the sampler sent to them directly. So you really want to try to do your best to uh, pick a really good pairing, Randy, because you could win. I, I, I hate to correct you because you did such an eloquent job. I think I have already committed... The three winners. Whoa. Three You've people three. are going to win. Shot. That, that, that's right. It, it is great odds. Um, I wish I had thought to check to see who our first name in the hat was from uh, two Jordan weeks can ago. Find that out. Jordan can find that out. Yeah, I love it. Um, so, Jordan, if you want, want to take a look at that. So we did decide, though, that even if, even if the last winner... Um, it has a great pairing. You only be entered to win once, or did we decide you can be entered to win as many times as you win? I think it's just should be just one time per. Me too. Spread it out. Me too. You know? Spread out yeah. the love. Yeah. So 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 who so whoever it was, and Jordan's feverishly looking into the archives to get us the the name uh, of of the. Yeah, one we'll have to look after the show because we didn't write it. If anybody, if, if any, I, can, I can figure that out. If anybody on YouTube, if show. anybody on YouTube or Facebook remembers who won the Cerberus pairing, um, remind oh, us. Right. Um, so. Joshua Rebus saying Kevin and Barb is probably. I think yeah, I think right. I think it was. Oh, Kevin. that's right, that's right. It was Kevin and Barb. So won, Kevin and Barb, uh, the, you got. Please still participate because you, you guys do such a great job of participating. Uh -huh. I know they're they're in. Uh, oh yeah, that that is it. We got it. I yeah. think they're. I think they yeah, might be yeah. in Florida for the Great Smoke, but but uh, either way. Um, we still want them to participate, but they just can't win. Twice. Of course. That, that's all. Right. Um, so we'll go right. from there. Okay. So, um, Jordan, uh, should we figure out uh, 
which way Randy should be going? All right, so on my end, on Facebook's end, it's tied. So whatever YouTube calls it. Really? Wow. Interesting. Amazing. So that means that on YouTube, 54% of the people, Randy, want you to do a complimentary pairing. And 45% want you to do a contrasting pairing. So what does that mean to you, Randy? Uh, Where where are you going? I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a little surprised because uh, I would I would assume based on my relationship with the audience here on Flavor Odyssey, um, uh, we've said many times uh, contrasting pairing is much more difficult to execute. Um, you know, and just so everyone's on the same page, complementary flavors would be ones that like go really well together and enhance each other and are obvious. You know, chocolate cake and a and a chocolate stout. Those are that's a complementary pairing. Um, the contrasting, well, well, let me reveal the loser. Okay. I mean, let's face it. I'm going to drink both on the show tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was it was just a matter of like which one is my official pairing or not. So the contrasting pairing that I chose that we will not be choosing as my primary uh, tonight is a barrel-aged plum sour. Oh. Okay. So, so I, you know, I was thinking... If this has any of the characteristics of uh, that I know of broadleaf being earthy, rich, um, so you know more espresso notes really than chocolate notes, but but like a deeper, richer characteristic. I was thinking that something, you know, pl- that plums. Mm-hmm. Like I could, we, we often talk about the stewed fruit character also from um, from the broadleaf. So this has plums. And vanilla in it and is barrel aged, but is very, very tart and sour. I'll show you the color of the beer itself okay. is uh, quite pink. Um, so I will be drinking that and I might comment on it, but that is not my official pairing. So what you have all chosen by voting for me to pair with a complimentary beverage will also be a beer okay. from none other than the brewery. It is a beer called Boysenberry Pie Imperial Stout. Right. So this is an imperial stout with boysenberries, cinnamon, and vanilla. So again, it both had vanilla. I thought that would be a nice touch with the the earthy characteristic of of uh, of the broadleaf. They both had um, red fruits, which I thought would be complementary of the uh, of the stewed fruit characteristic. But obviously, having that like rich. Um, kind of roasted and chocolate characteristic from the stout. Um, and this one, by the way, is black as, as crude oil uh, and, it, and it pours with the viscosity of oil as well. So I will be pairing my double broadleaf with the brewery's bakery boysenberry pie. Now, I would say, Randy, that the audience did you a big favor um, in voting <laughs> the, way, <laughs> the way they did. Now, Randy, that, that that brings me to this question because I have such a hard time pairing with sours. Like for mm-hmm. me, that's one of those flavors, and I don't know what it does to your palate. Maybe you can help help me figure this out and explain it to the audience. That sour um, note when it's and actually in the beer or whatever. And I'm, I'm not saying that there can't be a sour note in some type of drink a little bit or whatever, but when it's a sour forward a drink yeah. – it really just to me it takes away from the flavors that I'm getting, you know, from my cigar. What is that doing to my taste buds, to my palate? What does that sour note do? Is it like, is it kind of like sh- just like like you get out of a swimming pool 
and you know, like, you know, you're just, you're, you're all drawn up inside. If you know what I mean, when it's a cold, <laughs> is, is sour doing that to my taste buds? Yeah. I, I, so, so, you know, while we use the term sour, acidic, um, or acid, um, would, would be like a, a, another apt description. So, um, in beer specifically, mm. we give that really tart characteristic is actually lactic acid. So it's, it's the same acid that is found in milk. So lactic acid is very sharp. It, um, it absolutely kind of stuns the, the palate, stuns the, the tongue a little bit. And it's so refreshing. And it, it like anything that's um, at all caustic, savory, um, you know, the other end of the spectrum, it's so sour that it draws it all back to that sour side. And so you, it, it, you're right. It is really hard to taste anything through acidity. Um, now, the, but the thing is, is different beers have uh, is such a huge range of acidity that it, you know can range anywhere from like five point two down down to you know the the low fours. So there's a pretty big range where where a lot of times you'll you'll see it described as slightly tart and refreshing, and some people won't even really notice it as sour so much as like oh it's a little bit bright, a little bit tart, where then you know you can push all the way into like face puckering you know uh a warhead uh, you know uh candy type sourness um and, and when it is that sour it is really hard to to perceive anything else that you're trying to pair with, with it and so i was thinking with this one being barrel aged having some vanilla having uh the plums in it that some of that fruit characteristic some of that vanilla characteristic would have kind of um some uh, some other characteristics that might find some synergies with the cigar is, is what I was thinking when, I, uh, but I wanted to challenge myself. I said, you, you yeah. know, contrasting pairings are always the hardest, right. um, you know, uh, good evening, uh, surgeon, uh, John McTavish, uh, commented as well. Uh, pairing anything with sours can be pretty tricky in, in general, which is very accurate. Again, to your point, it's kind of an attack on the, on, on the palate a little bit. It makes it hard to, to perceive and enjoy anything else. But, um, but this one um, that I have here, I'm going to find out how sour it is. But um, but regardless, I won't talk much more about that. We're going to go with this boysenberry pie right. um, imperial stout. Randy, it seems like there's, it seems to me, and maybe you can add either add to this or correct me if I'm wrong, because you know a lot more about the palate and how it gets affected um, by certain flavors and whatnot. But it seems to me like there's three types of drinks that are, a challenge. Let's just say a challenge. I'm not saying that you can't pair with these three things, but they are definitely more challenging. Uh, first of all is the sour note, which we already talked about a little bit, a sour note. Then yep. you've got things that are like uh, milky or creamy with, with actual mm. either like cream or milk because that tends to like coat your palate. And right. then the final one is is like um, horseradish type spice looks that you might find in say oh. like a Bloody Mary or something like that. Where it's it's so spicy or it has so much of that spice that it kind of your 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 to me at least my palate is slightly numbed by those three those seem those three. Wait, did you hit on bitter? Um, no, he I, he, he didn't, and 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 it was it was funny when he said three. I'm thinking okay, he's going to be sour. He's going to be bitter. What what's the third one? So he so it was, I I love that you said. Um, you know anything that's lactose based? Yeah. Um, it, 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 and, and to me, that's the easiest. You're right. <laughs> of those though, like you pick a Connecticut, you're fine. Yeah, but like, like, like say you're having a, um, <clears throat> say you're having a White Russian that's like, and you're mm. using like half and half or like full whipping cream. 
Like to me, that almost just completely coats your palate so much that it's hard to really taste the the cigar at all. Like I, I feel no, like. I, yeah, I, would, I completely agree with you, but I but I think that's well. I think yeah. it would just be the leader in the from two. a flavor standpoint. It, it would. I I agree that from a flavor standpoint, which is where you're going with that, Jordan, it would. But I totally agree with Eric too that it's a texture thing that he's referencing. Yeah, is, right. is, is doesn't doesn't really matter how well the flavors pair if you're if you have so much coating on the inside of your mouth that creamy smoke from your favorite Connecticut isn't really able to penetrate. You're not really picking up those flavors, so it's still a muted flavor. It's still going to mute flavor just from the like general texture and and mouth coating. Um, and it, which is why like a coffee with cream is so nice because the coffee, it kind of acts as a natural cutting agent I... against the cream and allows the, the, the cigar smoke to get in there. And then you can enjoy the flavor pairing with the, with the creaminess of the coffee without being as, as coated as just like no, a, a white Russian. Brand, Brandy, you're a hundred percent right. It, it, it isn't necessarily, I guess the cream. It's just that if you are using like an actual, like half and half or, or full whipping cream in in a drink like a like a white russian you're right like it's just that that those flavors actually are good together like you just said right. like they they do they do like complement one each other very well but it's just so coated you know and I, so i actually think that surprisingly the harder two of those four are is the bitterness and like the the bloody mary combination that you yeah. described like an ipa or like the Boulevardier that we like to do, those are those are a little more hard. Like the sour is not – I don't think it's that hard. Like really? A lot of Maduros will pair well with what Randy's doing. Um, and then – and like the cream like we talked about is – you know, it can be a challenge. But I do think surprisingly the bitterness one, like IPAs are almost – Tough. They're tough. Like unless you get like double or triple. Randy, you know what's funny is uh, um, the other night I was at our – I stopped at our little local liquor store that we always go to, Mile High, and you're familiar with it, Randy. Mm-hmm. And they had a bunch of Russian River stuff, and you know Pliny, Blind Pig, uh, hop, what's the Happy hop? Hops, Happy Hops, those. And I mean, there was a time, not that long ago, five six years ago, that that was that was the beer to get. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, out of nostalgic's sake, I bought a bunch of that on Friday night, and we drank it. And it's crazy how much things have changed, Randy, in the beer world. Because when I was drinking that, I was like. We really liked this so much just like five years ago. Like it doesn't taste at all what I like in an IPA anymore. It's just pine wow. juice. It's just so piney and and we're just so now used to the hazies and the juicy stuff mm-hmm. that it seems like that was – it just seemed ancient when I was drinking it. Yeah, well, it's you know a couple things have happened. You know, First and foremost, and I always say this about Pliny and, and, and Blind Pig both is – you know, they were so early to the like really bright flavored West Coast IPAs with the great aroma is a like what what drew so much attention to them is there wasn't a lot on the market that was similar. And and not to mention, it was really hard to get. So there there was like a little bit of a euphoria affecting right. your, your experience as well. It's just like it was exciting to get your hands on one because they were so limited. Um, now, the limitations ha- have subsided significantly since they've built a massive um, third brewery now. Uh, their first two were pretty small, and now they have a huge brewery here in Northern California. Um, and so you, you see the beer a lot more. Um, but then even just sticking with West Coast for a second, there's so many breweries that tried to mimic 
what they had done using corn sugar to, to get to the ABV level of Pliny at 8%. Um, you know, you can't get that yellow, that pale of a beer by using all malt, but by adding corn sugar, you could keep the, the body uh, lower, you could keep the, the color lighter, and and by keeping that maltiness down, you keep some of the residual sugar out of there, which allows the hops to just be a little bit more punchy, a little bit more obvious, and so, so many breweries have done that. Now you've tasted a dozen different West Coast IPAs that are done in a similar fashion that it doesn't stand out the way it used to. And then enter the, the hazy IPAs where now you've gotten used to this huge aromatic with less bitterness. You're able to enjoy some of the, 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 the malt characteristic. You get a little bit more of that yeast characteristic and you get all that hop flavor without having that matching hop bitterness that we historically always had in IPAs. Randy, real quick, um, and not to go on a, a super long tangent, but Russian River was all that. How long ago? When, when, when was the when was the big Russian River craze? The the Pliny craze was that like five years ago? I can't. I was, I was going to say right up until about four years ago when they built the new brewery. <laughs> like, so where, uh, it, it was. Where do they stand now in in the scope of things. Have, have is it lost its, its favor? Is it still? It, still- it hasn't lost favor. No, we still see huge demand. So I, I in, uh, in in all transparency, I do work for one of their distributors here in Northern California. So I sell it and um, and they still allocate all the beer. So it's still not totally available the way most beers are. So we still have accounts that don't get any and they lose their minds and tell us how we're <laughs> going to put them out of business if we don't allow them to buy Pliny. And um, so there's, there's still some of that. I think, I think the more, um, the more, you know, I, I feel like people are just so uh, in, it's ingrained in them that they're supposed to love that beer. And I think it's hard for people to like, let that go a little bit. So I, I think it's lost some of the appeal as so many other great um, breweries have emerged um, other styles. Like you said, like, um, you know, with, with, with the hazy IPAs coming out, um, and they've even made it a hazy IPA and they're not that you've never heard of it. They're not that well known for it. It's really, you know, just still this, you know, we, 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 they, they make a hazy called mind circus. Um, what I've learned about, uh, breweries that make really, really good hazy IPAs versus breweries that make really, really good West coast IPAs. It's few and far between that make really, really good both. You know, Randy, what's also interesting is this topic. And I know we're getting off on the beer trail, but it's kind of fun uh, because there's nothing there's nothing better than talking beer with Randy because Randy knows his beer. <laughs> and you're you've switched over to the brewery's boysenberry stout. The brewery was really known for their bombers like that they were the bomber Ugh. they were the bomber company like you their bombers were the best like black was it black tuesday is that what it's called and yeah. all that kind of stuff but you're drinking a can of the brewery i, I switched I, over a couple of years ago a, a couple of years ago they started making cans like was that just like out of the fact that people didn't want to just invest in a whole bomber each time you know yeah it, it, it's a couple things like you said it, they were 750s they were a unique looking 750 they were gorgeous bottles yeah. and and to your point they, they did make you know black tuesday and some of the the uh stouts and, and whatnot but when they re- got really got popular it was mostly for their sours and mm. and back then sours were 
classically put into a wine looking bottle, you know, a wine bottle, 750 mil. And a lot of times they're corking cage. And uh, so that's really kind of what led that. And then as so many breweries do, they figured out that like, it's really hard to make um, a whole business model out of $25, um, you know, single bottles. You know, it's such a large portion. You you almost, unless you're a nut like me, can will drink one of those things to your face. You, you need to have a, a drinking companion to get through them for the most part. Um, and then there, there's a lot of just business efficiencies as well. If you want to ship, it's very, very costly to ship glass. Glass is extremely heavy. Like the, the difference in price of shipping several pallets of, of aluminum cans versus several pallets of glass bottles, both to your brewery from a from a cost uh, of goods standpoint as well as shipping it out to into distribution um is you know adds double digit percentages to to your shipping costs both to and fro um yeah. so there's that so so you know the 16 ounce can has become such the rage you know i, I talk about that at work all the time is like when i got into beer i used to have to hand sell cans of craft beer you know it was oscar blues it was 21st amendment avery got in fairly early but like it, we used to have to convince people it's like oh no craft isn't found in in cans you know cans are for you know you know macro domestic loggers and so like we've gone and that was you know 10 12 years ago we've gone so fast and hard that like Op cracking open a bottle of something you feel like a, a an old person you feel totally antiquated um so i think i think portion size is a big piece of it because uh the brewery is so well known for making really extreme uh styles and high abv beers and so right. like you know if you're talking about like a four and a half five percent or you could drink a 750 reasonably um but they're literally out here making you know 12 to 15 percent beers and putting it in, in to where it's you know three um, three servings into a single vessel um, made it tough. So yeah, as they as they started expanding into new styles and opening up their distribution, um, I think it was 2019. I think Jordan actually might have been the first one to um, bring that up to me and be like, "Hey, I saw on Instagram the brewery is going to start canning. Like, what do you think of that?" Because like you said, like that was such a, a part of their brand story is that bottle it is like you saw the bottle from across the, the bar and you knew it was a brewery selection. Right. Um, yeah, no, uh, that, that's super. I, 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 it's so interesting how quickly the beer world changes. Like, you know, in cigars, we do see, you know, gradual change and palate change, but it seems like in the beer world, it changes. I don't know. Maybe it changes. It seems like it changes faster. Like, Pliny being in and now I drink it and I'm just like, well, I don't even really care about this that much. But um, anyways, um, what do you think so far? Uh, just real quick, Randy, your first impression basically of this pairing. Yeah. So uh, first, I think it's super important to note because, it, you know, when you especially get into these imperial stouts that have other ingredients, it's it's pretty frequent that you read all these ingredients on the front of the bo bottle or can. And then you can't even really perceive them that much. This boysenberry pie, imperial stout with cinnamon and vanilla. You pick up all those flavors in spades. I mean, it is a big, big boysenberry characteristic in this very, very um, juicy berry-like um, with uh, you know on top of this like heavy rich chocolatey uh base so um my first impression and and by the way i didn't mention it, it's 8.1 percent um mm. my first impression is like 
all the ingredients that I listed are 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 really at the forefront. None of them are like subdued where you you're not really sure if you're picking it up or not. Like I'm getting a punch of cinnamon, getting a, a like there's a jammy characteristic to this. It is undeniable. Right. How about how about you? How's that a big old glass of bourbon treating you? <laughs> This is a fantastic uh, pairing. Not gonna lie. I mean, it it, sh it should be obvious that this works well together. Um, the 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 old fashioned that Matt put together is actually really good. Like, I, if I was at a bar and I ordered this and I got it from the bartender, I'd be super jazzed. It's it's very very good. Um, I, I want to one thing about the if you guys are smoking the Alec Bradley Double Broadly, there's an experiment that you can try. Um, if you take like a like a double draw, like a big big draw. Say like that, right? You'll get a different flavor, Randy, than if you take a very small draw. That that's a fun thing to do, Matt. I'm glad you said that because I was noticing it, and I was yeah. like, is it me not smoking it consistently enough, or is it actually just the cigar? You take a double puff, and it actually is a bigger yeah. flavor. This is one of those cigars where you can really, really tell the difference if you take a, a very, very light draw or a very, very uh, big draw. I think they're both good. Like um, Going either direction is good. But you, if you do take that really light draw, you do get some more nuance, and maybe you can taste the broadleaf maybe just even a little bit more just by if you just take that very, very light draw. This is so far uh, to me, uh, Randy, a, a really super good pairing. We'll see how it uh, transpires as the show goes on. You know, the way you talk about a double draw like that kind of reminds me of something. Really? Randy! And we're off, tasting our way through the very best of 2022 as we kick off Season 6 with the Cigar Dojo Cigar of the Year Sampler Pack from Smokin'. We, here at Flavor Odyssey, want to not only help you find the very best cigars that came out last year, we want to help you to find the best pairings possible. Tune into every episode and pair alongside us to be entered to win one of these awesome sampler packs while they're still available. And while I'm at it, let me give a big shout out to Smoke In, as they are the sponsor of not only the Cigar of the Year sampler cigars, but every cigar smoked here in season six. Hopefully, everyone already has their tickets, whether live or virtual, for the greatest cigar festival of the year going on this weekend, The Great Smoke. Now, while Smokin' has us covered for cigars to smoke, this show would not be possible to hold without our unrivaled sponsorship that we receive from Drew Estate Cigars. Have you tried the newest line extension from this five-star brand? Blackened by Drew Estate. With their initial release, M81, this all-new collaborative passion project cooked up by lead singer, guitarist, and virtuoso of Metallica himself, James Hetfield, along with Rob Dietrich, the master distiller of blackened American whiskey, and of course, Jonathan Drew, founder and president of Drew Estate. Make sure you get your hands on one of these all-Maduro beauties at a brick-and-mortar near you. Boom. 
Oh, 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 oh. Uh, hey, Randy's on fire tonight. He's on Randy fire. Randy can read them reads. Randy can <laughs> read. Uh, Woo-wee. Uh, Kevin <laughs> said that you said 2022. Uh, we'll have to knock off like a half a point for that if that's true. I don't know. No, I said that we're smoking the best cigars of 2022. Okay, Kevin, what are you talking about? Obviously, it's Cigar of the Year 2022, Cody 2022. Couldn't do 2023 yet. We don't know what all the cigars are. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Randy, I got I to gotta quick say, guys, if you're watching the show, guys, gals, uh, if how Randy, how would you like to have an extra 64 cigars in your humidor? Just boom, an extra 64 premium cigars in your humidor. I'd love that. If you want, how much is it going to cost me? It's going to cost you zero dollars. What? All you got to do is put fill out a bracket in our bracket challenge. Yes, this is uh, uh, March Madness. You don't have to know anything about basketball. Just sign up um, in our bracket challenge. It's on CigarDojo.com. Fill out your bracket. You can do two up to two brackets. And if you are the uh, person that gets the highest score in the bracket challenge. You'll get 64 premium cigars from my humidor to your what? humidor. That's all that happens. And by the way, if you're uh, second place, you'll get the new Paleo Cutter and two of the new Paleo Lighters from Cigar nice. Dojo. Boom. But guess what, guys? Uh, the tournament starts tomorrow morning, Jordan. Yeah. M- March Madness starts tomorrow morning at like 10 a.m. So do your brackets tonight if you want to make sure that you're in, Randy. Let's so, go, boys. Um, let's go. Let's do it. So just out of curiosity, is each round scored the same, or is there higher weighting for the the well, higher has, uh, he, rounds? Or ESPN does handles all that, um, and yes, there is. Oh, okay, it is higher each time, but uh, ESPN uh, does all the scoring, so that isn't up to me. You just fill out your. It, there's even a way that you can just automatically fill out your bracket. You don't have to know. Barry anything. said it sounds like too much work. You could there's uh a setting on there you just literally just press like make my bracket just, yeah, it'll just whoop. it'll just yep. randomize it or whatever like and since you get to do two brackets i let one of it yes, make my bracket and too. then i do the other bracket yes that's, that's what i did too I that's like exactly it. what i did too so uh it's a ton of fun there's already uh 170 something odd um brackets uh, nice. entered so it's going to be a lot of fun really and this is when it gets it, it, like I don't even like basketball that much, Randy. But this is fun. I, the tournament is fun. Don't listen to Cigar Coop. He doesn't know what he's talking about because <laughs> they the the tournament's a blast and it starts tomorrow. So get in on that, Randy. That guy, he, that guy, yeah. his sports takes, man. I can never take. get with any any of his sports. <laughs> he's entitled to his own opinion. Uh, Absolutely. So, Randy, tonight um, we are trying to find the best pairing for the yes. Alex Bradley double broadleaf, which we've talked about in some detail. Now, before we talk about the pairings more and get into the, the viewer pairings, audience pairings, I want to see how you describe, how would you describe this um, cigar to people? Like, what, how would you describe yeah. Yeah, no, I, so I, I, I've been looking forward to this. I, I did smoke this um, earlier in the year. It's been a while since I've had one. Um, I'll tell you, it's it's interesting because I've had Nicaraguan-grown broadleaf and now th- um, having this Honduran-grown br- br- broadleaf. I had a hard time believing that I'd be able to match up to uh, the Connecticut soil, the Connecticut um, flavor profile that, uh, like we were talking about, that we're so accustomed to with um, w- talking about broadleaf. So to me... Um, 
I think this is uh this actually has a little bit more earthiness less sweet it definitely has some black pepper to it and it definitely has a lot of spice um which i wasn't sure if the honduran soil would kind of allow that you know what i think of when i think about honduran uh grown tobacco i think of a much more nuanced and and lighter uh flavor than what i think of when i think of connecticut broadleaf in general so i'm actually fairly surprised that it's as intense as it is i think it is pretty like overall very intense in flavor it's got a, a, a almost a kind of a, a red pepper burn in the retrohale along with the black pepper i also get some black pepper on on the palate um, but I, I really do think it carries a lot of the, the Connecticut um, traits. Um, obviously, it, it to me, to my palate, it does taste like it's jam-packed with Nicaraguan fillers as well. We know it has a Nicaraguan binder. It does have a lot of kind of Nicaraguan bite to it as well. Um, so very full flavor, um, intensely flavored cigar. Um I'm not getting a ton of like baking spice and more nuance. It's it's almost just like kind of like it's it's so punchy. I'm not getting a whole lot of nuance now. That also, um, you, you know, I, candidly, I'm also drinking an insanely intense right. <laughs> beverage with it, and and so like um, I'll, I'll tell you for for my pairing so far, the intensities are matching, but it's it's not easy. The 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 beverage, like I said, it's everything that you think of with a imperial stout mm. that it's it's rich it's super strong it's viscous in texture and then it's got all this jammy fruit characteristic and then it's got cinnamon and vanilla like i'm getting so much of that as intense as the cigar is the cigar is kind of like have enough you know work at, at overtime just to kind of keep up on my palate without it being just completely kind of lost to some of the the beer flavors but it is that intensive a flavored cigar that it, it, it is holding its own uh now i get um i get a lot of sourdough bread flavor and i'm really curious oh. jordan um you, you you tend to have an interesting take on cigars what are you getting out of this uh alec bradley double broadleaf well i like what brandy was saying and it, it is interesting the wrapper seems less gritty than like an actual connecticut less toothy maybe uh, i wonder yep. if that allowed them to do the double broadleaf because you're still getting mm. that same punchiness mm. that you expect but because this wrapper seems thinner and less gritty i'm wondering if like right a, a, a true connecticut broadleaf wouldn't play as well to the double broadleaf as this does because it's a thinner broadleaf that's really interesting. really interesting yeah and you might be onto something there because if you just look at it just uh -huh. physically looking at this wrapper it it definitely does not look like your standard Right, no. but it's it's punchy like yeah. in profile. This has got to yeah. be the punchiest Alec Bradley cigar you can get. A um, lot of that you know, sounds about right to me. Earthy, yeah. <laughs> you know, black pepper, a lot of um, like toasted oak kind of flavors going on. Not uh, doesn't have too much sweetness to it, um, which the bourbon is is adding nicely to the pairing. Uh, it's it's a good pairing so far for me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Randy, should we get into audience pairings right now? Let's do this. Let's, Let's do see what this. they brought. Good luck. All right. Here All right. So, 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 Jordan, I'm going to keep track. So we have we have we have Kevin and Barb as our first winners. That's right. I'm going to hang this on my wall here in the studio. Weeks ago. All right. And then we'll Kevin. see who can uh, 
uh, take the crown tonight. All right, so Kevin comes right. in first uh, with the first per, you know person to comment. Uh, he's pairing the cigar. Mm. Uh, nice. I found a vast majority of the bourbons I like clash with the cigar. Uh, my favorite pairing is somewhat boring, but it works. Straight up Florida Cana 18-year rum. Mm. Neat. Oh, wow. This of the rum really helps pull out uh, the chocolate, leather, bread notes of the broadleaf, and the cigar keeps the rum from being overly sweet. We drank a lot of uh, Florida Kanye 18 Sounds when we were right. in uh, Nicaragua, and um, that that it is a, such a good it is such a good rum. Um, that's a good pairing, uh, Kevin. I like that one. Uh, so we got yeah, Kevin. I, oh, sorry, go on. Well, I was just gonna say I, I I like what he said there about you know the the sweetness you know and and we both talked about that. I, I said I, I felt, thought it was a little bit less of the chocolateiness. I think sweetness goes right along with what I had said. You also called that out. This is very, very dry. I like the idea of bringing some sweetness through the other component. And um, and then the 18 isn't nearly as sweet as like Diplomatico, for instance. So so I think it's a, like just the right portion yeah. of sweetness. I think that's a good, uh, really and, good call. And he went at it from the other angle and said it's tamping down the sweetness of the rum that you sometimes get too much. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, Kevin O'Connor said... Pairing with a walnut old-fashioned is bourbon, mm. walnut liqueur, orange bitters. Uh, a lot of earthiness and toasted notes of black coffee, leather, and malted walnut pie. Mm, a walnut. That's, I that's like. cool. Uh, uh, that's pretty good. Kevin O'Connor. All right. Uh, we got Barry in the house. He's doing the br- double broadleaf with a, a heretic chocolate hazelnut porter. The two oh. complement the coffee, rye, and sweet cocoa I find in each other. Uh, the porter tames down the red and black peppers in the cigar. I was going to go with a rye, but I thought it would be too spicy. Okay. I know that I know that Randy loves his porters with cigars. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that specific porter is one of my favorites. It, it does have a very strong hazelnut character. So I think uh, the last two, both going with like a, a, a nut infusion, I think was a good call on, on both Kevin and, and Barry's part. All right. Bill Powers has got the Dole Broadleaf paired with Founders KBS Stout. Definitely a complimentary pairing with the cocoa and coffee flavors of both the stout and cigar meeting and embracing each other. Mm. What puts it into the next level is the cinnamon and vanilla flavors from the stout, bringing it all together. An enthusiastic double thumbs up. Man, these are these, these are, are good uh, ones. These are amazing descriptions. Can we get these guys to write cigar reviews for us? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. All right. All righty. Uh, we got uh, Nathan Stewart pairing uh, Dill Broadleaf with Kraken Black Roast Rum, another rum, oh. which is a coffee-infused spiced rum. I thought the rum might oh, wow. overrun the cigar, but it seems to have only eliminated the pepperiness of the cigar, which my dad and I appreciate. It's been a nice combo. I would uh, – I have to say – who was that? That's Nathan Stewart. Nathan, I love Stewart. you, but Kraken to me is one of the worst possible rums that you can ever drink. <laughs> It's horrific, man. <laughs> That's just my opinion. It's my opinion. Now I don't well, know. I, I love the idea of a coffee infused yeah. rum in general, though. I like like you definitely get points, extra points yeah. for uh, for for the infusion element. Oh, it is. I'm gonna have to go with because this is already a this is already like a really tough this, uh, draw. It is. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that I'm just gonna play process of elimination because it's already so tough to choose. Um, I'm gonna disqualify Nathan for this week's because <laughs> y- y- you you reference how your pairing eliminated a flavor 
Not, not because mm. I'm going to judge you for cracking like Eric, but if, if you're eliminating flavors, uh, the idea uh, of a pairing should be to amplify as much as possible. I'm, I'm, I'm half making that up, Nathan, just so I can, because this is, <laughs> this, is a tough, this is gonna be a tough one. It says, <laughs> Nathan, uh, I love you, but uh, I, I, yeah, I don't rough, like cracking man. it. It's rough. Any spiced rum is just. I, I, can't I, get I really liked his pairing. Oh, okay, Matt. Now, Matt. So there you go, Nathan. Matt is. Yeah, I'm on your side, Nathan. Matt, I thought that was a pretty cool pairing. Matt likes the Krakens. All right, do you any other ones? Or yeah, we got uh, Banker John. He's doing a libation extraordinaire. Uh, enjoying the stick with a Pravada cocktail, which is an old fashioned made with uh, cold brew, simple syrup, mm. a couple dashes of tobacco bitters, and a lemon twist. Oh, okay. interesting. Nice. Nice. Damn. Interesting. That 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 is a bunch. You know what I really love, Randy, is over the years. Now we've been doing this is the sixth season of Flavor Odyssey, and our audience has gone from, hey, I I got a I got a Coors Light and a and a Swiss <laughs> Sweet, and now and now we've got these intricate flavor pairings with descriptions, and they're understanding how things work together. Like this is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no matter no matter what how we how we vote tonight, everybody, uh, uh, applause for the audience. Yeah, you guys just... are doing great. We we really appreciate your engagement uh, on this segment. We love doing this. We love that you guys are taking it so seriously and really finding great ways to to do your pairings. Is that it, Jordan? We that's that's uh, it. Uh, okay, so so I'll goodness. go first. I'm torn between uh, I'm torn between Barry and Bill C D. I'm torn, but can you read Barry and Bill CDs for me? So Barry had the uh, Heretic Chocolate Hazelnut Porter. That's good. Uh, Bill had a KBS Stout. Oh, that's so good. I, I've got to go with I've got to go with Bill CD. In in my opinion, I'm voting Bill CD, but it's so close. And like, it, it, believe me, all of the other pairings were amazing as well. But for me, I think Bill CD had has the best pairing in my opinion what do you think jordan we'll go to randy next uh i like kevin o'connor uh i'm thinking this old-fashioned that we're doing is really good and he adds that walnut to it which uh i think that would be a, a, quite a tasty pairing randy i'm you... gonna throw a oh, wrench yeah. in the whole works yeah i'm going for nathan on this one. Oh, he's going like, to crack you, drink, you drink what you like to drink <laughs> and you don't let anybody tell you otherwise that you way, enjoy Scotty. that kraken wow. especially and honestly Total that kraken coffee rum is pretty damn delicious okay. if you haven't had it give it a go because it is pretty tasty so i know my vote doesn't count but no nathan, yes i'm with you your on this vote one, counts randy it comes down to you you're the you're the tiebreaker. Here's the thing, Randy. They can't tiebreak. We no. all split. Yeah, but it, whatever Randy picks is the winner. Then <laughs> whatever he picks yeah, yeah, is the yeah. winner. He, he if, 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 if you listen to the the, the little e English chippy at the beginning of the show, your show host Robbie Raz and Randy Grinch. So <laughs> exactly, I get, right. I get my 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 voice got that much more weight than anyone else. Exactly, um, Randy. You uh, it's the scale. Whatever it is, is the winner. Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you like I was torn between the same two as you guys. I think uh, Kevin's uh, edition of the walnut liqueur was really interesting, intriguing. I want to go find me some. I didn't know walnut liqueur was a thing, uh, so I definitely want want that in my bar. Um, I also I've got uh, you know the owner's a heretic or a good friend of mine, so so Barry's got got an inroad there. But I'm gonna give my vote to the best descriptor given mm. and 
Bill Powers with the referencing of the embracing of flavors and then bringing it back to the show theme with the double thumbs up. Bill, you are a poet, my friend. (laughs) Bill Bill C. baby. All right, so I'm adding Bill Powers' name. Yes. To the the list. Again, we're going to have five shows, everybody. Uh, please continue to pair along with us and, and engage. Don't be afraid of us taking shots at, at your favorite spice liquor. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, no, right. <laughs> we still love yeah, you guys. Okay. All right. So let's, before we start the audience votes for me versus you, Randall, uh, let's mm-hmm. remind everybody uh, what our pairings are so that they, and, and go ahead and give your, uh, Sort of your final thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, what you think about your pairing and how it worked. Um, all right. I Well, yeah, I think we usually do the polls first because if I give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, could right. like kind, kind of influence them. So if you guys want to run the polls, I'll just say Sorry. what my pairings are. Uh, then you can go and then we'll give our final our final vote. Yeah, d- just go ahead and so, remind so, right. what you what you got. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so with the Alec Bradley Double Broadleaf, I am drinking from the brewery Bakery. It's their bakery series. And okay. this one is called Now Serving Boysenberry Pie. This is a 8.1% Imperial Stout with boysenberries, cinnamon, and vanilla. Okay. And here in uh, Dojo Studios, we are doing the Alec and Bradley Double Broadleaf with what we call a double old-fashioned, which is essentially a regular old-fashioned, but we added an extra measure of bourbon. So we did uh, one measure of bourbon, which is the Alec and Bradley bourbon that you can get. I don't think you can get it anymore. It's sold out, but um, Bourbon Outfitters sold it for a while. And then we added an extra measure of of Old Forester. So it's essentially uh, a glass of bourbon with ice and just a little bit of other stuff in it. And it's it's so far very good. So that, that's what me and Randy had going. The polls are open. Please vote on Facebook and YouTube, and then we will come to a determination as to um, who paired it best. Now, uh, Randy, while we're... Some si- of the guys, I should note, yeah, are saying ahead. that I missed their pairing. you got to use hashtag pairing with your pairing, or else it's not going to show up. Stephen mm. Moses got his pairing in and his after was, you were Yeah, his was late. It. Yeah. So yeah, continue to do that, guys. Um, and yeah, please use hashtag pairing helps us find all the p- different pairings and such and whatnot. Yeah, three out of five of the winners are going to win their own smoke in cigar dojo cigar of the year 2022 sampler packs so best now, randy, of luck everybody. randy you're not shipping them are you no that's the beauty see this is the smartest thing i've done while doing the show in six seasons i finally came up with this idea why don't we give away stuff that's already for sale on smoke in's website and then i'll just buy it on the website and ship it straight to them Boom. Oh, problem solved. It though. <laughs> no. no. No, I'm not going to. No. Okay. Oh, okay. No. oh, he has to. Per- it's, well, I'm going to drop ship it to the winners. <laughs> okay. So there is actually a solid chance that they'll show up. A hundred percent. All right. No. Well, all One the- thing we know that I never fail at is buying <laughs> shit online. So like, <laughs> I, I'm, six seasons in and we're figuring this out now. Exactly. All right, cool. You know, it's a process. It's a process. All right, let's That's start right. picking out these these votes. Randy, we we just right. did a tour to Nicaragua, and that this we did week. Uh, starting a week from tonight, we will not do the show next Wednesday because 
Jordan, myself, Ooh, why is that? Matt, uh, over there, Matt, <laughs> we are all headed to Honduras, and we will actually be in the country that this cigar um, gets uh, some of its tobacco from. We'll be in Honduras. Randy, you've been on the uh, Camp Camacho trip. Uh, you and Kevin went a couple years ago. That's sort of how you got your entry into uh, dojo fame. But you've also been to Nicaragua. Um just for folks that have, are, are like playing around with cigars, tobaccos, and, and, and their origins, how would you compare Nicaraguan cigars to Honduran cigars? What are the, what, what's the difference? What, 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 does, what determines, what describes each sort of country of origin for these two types of cigars? Uh, to, to me, you know, Honduras may, has amazing uh Amazing soil, amazing opportunity to grow really, really high quality uh, tobacco. The, I think what stood out to me the most, especially as we've like, like you said, we just got back from a trip there and learned a little bit even more than I could have ever read about. Um, Nicaragua has more of a varied growing region. And so I think Nicaragua really delivers um, like no other premium tobacco country does in in that in the varied options that the, the difference between the tobacco coming from Ometepe, Condega, Jalapa and Esteli are all such uniquely different flavor profiles themselves that you can really deliver all these different variances where like Cuban tobacco or Dominican tobacco or Honduran tobacco, obviously you've got different varietals, but you're getting a much more similar like mm. overall profile and characteristic of expectation, at least um, from those countries. And, and, you know, we're, we're sometimes pleasantly surprised and get something a little bit off the beaten path. But um, I think, just because you have the different soil makeups um, in the different regions of Nicaragua that are so um, extremely different, you really get more of a, a, a complexity of flavor. You know, just to say Nicaraguan tobacco really doesn't tell you, is that going to be sweet? Is that going to be spicy? Is that going to be minerally and earthy? Uh, all of them can be true. Where like Honduran tobacco, you could probably say is just like, is known for, for being um, very... Uh, yeah, yeah. What do we, what do we say for? I, I, I think immediately of Dominican. I think of like Davidoff. And it's just like it's more subtle. It's more nuanced. It's, it's mm. got more baking spice than, than like a punchy like black pepper or, or, or red pepper spice. I don't expect those characteristics to ever come from Dominican tobacco, regardless of the varietal. Where right. like you say Nicaraguan, and it's just like that could mean almost anything. Now, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Before I have, I have an experiment that I'm going to do with both Randy and Jordan um, at the end of the show here in a second. But Jordan, it, uh, just real quick for you, um, it seems like about eight years ago or so, we we could just describe Honduran tobacco as like earthy. We almost always described mm -hmm. it as earthy and mineral and that kind of thing. But they've come so far in just eight years. You've got Honduran Cameroon. You've got Honduran Broadleaf. It wow. seems like Hon Honduras is uh, almost a hotbed of yeah. experimentation with some tobaccos. That, and I always like when they grow, uh, Jordan, I always like when they grow a certain varietal in another country. That's interesting. But isn't it interesting, Jordan, how yeah, like, Honduran has changed in just like eight, six, eight years? Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, they're doing that kind of stuff in Nicaragua too, but it just seems like in Honduras, like you're right, that, that, that 
crossover, you know what that tastes like. Well, now let's do that same thing in Honduras and get some of the characteristics out of that. It is interesting that there's so many Cameroon, Connecticut, Connecticut Broadleaf all going into Honduras. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of new uh, experimentation going on. I like it. All right, so here's the here's the experiment I'm going to do with Jordan and Randy, and then we'll do the votes. And by the way, thanks everybody for joining us tonight. It's a great show, as always. Um, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to say a a region of tobacco, a growing tobacco, a country, and I want you guys to describe it in one word. You have to describe it in in one word. All right. So let's start with um, Jordan. I'll start with you. The Dominican Republic. Um, floral. Randy. Oh, dang it! He took the he. T- um, I'll I'll go with balanced. I'll say nutty. I'm gonna say nutty. Mm, nice. All right, uh, Jordan, Nicaraguan. Peppery. Randy, you you can Sweet. say the same thing. You don't have to. Oh. Oh, I want to go back to floral then. <laughs> no, um, uh, yeah, no, no um, uh, intense. I'm going to go intense. I thought we were doing like flavor That's characters. That's okay. He can okay. say whatever he wants. He can say anything he wants. It could be mm. anything he wants. Okay. I'm going to say spicy on Nicaraguan. Um, Cuban, Jordan. Musk. Randall. Mm. Mm. Leathery. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would agree with Jordan and and, and go with Musk. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, and then we'll good. end tonight. Uh, Jordan, Honduran, pretzel, <laughs> pretzel, pretzel dough, pretzel dough. Wow, that's pretty specific, man. I All like right, Randy, uh, Honduran. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the original earthy. Yeah, I agree with you. Earthy still. It still to me describes. Uh, Honduran, and I think that's an yeah. interesting experiment because um, if you really do think about cigars, puros that are from those countries, I think we did a pretty good job just right then in that like that uh, little experiment as to uh, what those are like: floral and nutty from the DR, earthy no, from Honduras, no. musky definitely um, from from Cuba, and obviously the spiciness and stuff from uh, yeah, yeah. from Nicaragua. So, Randy, how do you feel? How do you feel about your chances tonight? Do you think uh, you did a good job pairing this? And uh, go over your pairing and give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah, but I, I, I will. Th- thank you. I love that you just did that little experiment. It's got my 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 gears turning here. I, I gotta say that I gotta throw I, before we go, going on to it to finish this off. I just gotta throw out there one country of uh that is such a massive producer of premium tobacco that we smoke all the time that we never talk about as an origin country right i know what you're gonna say yeah is ecuador and and is that to say that ecuador just maintains the origin flavor of of the the varietal that we know it from so well that a connecticut uh shade from Connecticut, grown in Ecuador, t- still tastes creamy like yeah. like it does from well, Connecticut, and I mean, and a Cameroon still tastes, uh, uh you, you know, woody like it would for like d- is that is that what I, I what we're led to believe that it just holds I, the origin flavor? I would say that Ecuador is just known for the wrappers, so mm. you're not getting enough. There's only a, like mm. one or two Ecuadorian puros I can even think of, uh, so you're not, we don't really get a f- feeling for what an Ecuadorian cigar tastes like. And that's sort of the same with uh, like U.S. grown Connecticut, right? Like 
U.S. Going, U.S. grown Connecticut broadleaf. We don't think of that. Just a wrapper. Yeah, it's, we just think of it as a wrapper. I could have thrown those. I could have thrown those into the experiment, Randy. But I was sort of going for countries that are sort of known right. for like actually, you know, producing, you know, the more than just a wrapper. But yeah, those are those. Are, that's that's a good. That's a really good thought. Like, why isn't there, you know, more in Ecuador? I don't know. I don't know enough about. Um, why there there isn't factories there? I mean, we do have some Costa Rican yeah. stuff. We do have some Brazilian tobaccos and stuff. But it does seem like there's there's those four countries that like produce right. a lot of cigars. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just interesting. I've never heard anyone even reference what Ecuadorian flavor tastes yeah. like. Like it's not it's not even a, a topic. But uh, anyhow, um, in- interesting fun fun exercise, Eric. I'm gonna get back to my pairing, um, the boysenberry pie from uh, the brewery. Super intense flavor. I, I I stand by the cigar is punchy and intense enough to hold up to it, but it is getting run over a bit from the texture of the cigar. Coats the mouth a ton. It's that jamminess. While I was hoping it would like kind of um, have some synergy with the stewed fruit I expected from the cigar, I never got any stewed fruit from the cigar in this uh, instance. So that jamminess just kind of became a distraction, kind of became mm-hmm. overpowering. I mean, go thumbs down on my pairing, unfortunately, and say that my, my beverage actually uh, uh, overpowered it a bit more than I would have liked. All right, um, I'll, I'll say our pairing was fantastic. I mean, it was it's kind of a it was a little bit of a, 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 a I'm going to say a a no brainer pairing. Um, yeah. Layup. It was a layup. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> it was sort of a layup. Um, it's basically like having uh, a cold bourbon with, with the cigar. This cigar cold. has it. Yeah. Cause there's ice in it. Um, oh. <laughs> I typically don't have, I typically don't have ice in my bourbon. <laughs> it sounded like a thing that you like just do on the regular. No, time. no. I, I taste a ton of sourdough uh, bread in this particular cigar. Uh, along oh. with some some earthiness and and so for me this was a, a, a strong strong thumbs up. Jordan, what do you think of it? Let me give you. I gotta give you a thumbs. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, cigars. Uh, medium full. Nice punchy profile. Um, earthy. It started out with a, a good amount of pepper, but I think that died off. You know, as as we've gone through. The only I have a, the only criticism I have on it is is a bit of a quick burner. I like the Toro in this this blend a lot more than the Robusto. Um, it paired it paired nicely with the with the old fashioned. Uh, had like a toasted oak kind of profile that carried through almost the whole way. There was sort of a mm, sarsaparilla like rootiness mm. to it, um, and and the bourbon uh, you know brought that sweetness that the the cigar didn't really have. They matched each other in intensity pretty well. I do think the old fashioned was the standout here. This kind of led the charge. Uh, it was really good old fashioned. Uh, but the, it's a, like you said, it was a layup slam dunk, uh, pairing here. Thumbs up. Uh, real quick audience. what did you guys think? Man, I'm going to mimic you. I, the old fashioned was absolutely awesome. I just got done telling Matt that this is how we need to make old fashions mm. from here on. <laughs> this was killer, killer drink. Uh, honestly, a little extra bourbon never hurts, right? No extra <laughs> bourbon. Always go for the extra bourbon. But uh, the cigar itself uh, really came close to matching the intensity and the flavor profile and the complexity of the drink. Uh, It brought out a lot of sweetness in the cigar, I thought, that wasn't normally present in this cigar. 
but I mean, overall it was, it was great. It was one of those where I've just been completely vibing to this combination. It's been just thumbs up all the way. What'd you think, Maddie? I, I think going with the double theme, the double puff, yeah. the double drink, the double, <laughs> it's, it just all works together. Like, it's so good. Uh, I was very happy with this. So in the studio, we are all in uh, 100% agreement, but that doesn't mean that's what the audience thinks, Randy. Are you ready to find out who won? I am ready, Eric. Let's see. No, I got to do a real one. <laughs> do you have a real one queued up and ready to go? And Randy. Oh! 58 to 42 percent by the way randy uh, on youtube you absolutely crushed me 70, yeah, that, 75 to, to 25 that's what was interesting is uh, facebook had sensei winning yeah no. uh, but it was pretty close but uh youtube must have just really crushed it youtube youtube was all was all randy my people tonight. that's my uh, people right there so, so randy congratulations on a huge huge victory tonight my friends <sighs> Just, you uh, know, I, I, and I, it's what to look for right, right. It was an ups, it was like yes. an upset. Yes. I feel like it was like a 16th seed versus a one seed. He just came in and kicked my butt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. See, Randy, see, I played up to my my uh, my competition. You yes. played down to yours. So. You did, you did. Uh, Randy, what is coming up a week from to, well, not, a week from tonight on Flavor Odyssey? We will not be having a show because we will be in Honduras. Actually, we'll be traveling and all that sort of stuff. So there won't be a Flavor Odyssey next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after that, Randy, what do we got? Well, we will continue in our fabulous Cigar of the Year sampler from Smoke In, and we will be smoking. Uh, so I got it wrong earlier, but now we'll finally be smoking the no number seven. No, number seven was last time with the Cerberus. Yes. So now we smoked the nine. So we will now be smoking the number four cigar of the year, the AJ Fernandez New World Dorado. Oh, Super man, excited this. about this one. Uh, yeah, I think I love the cigar. Yeah, so, I think this this is one of those ones that like we all agreed. Um, obviously, there's a lot of attention because it's an AJ cigar when it came out, but it didn't get nearly the pub that I think we all agreed that it no. deserved. Because uh, the, the, the flavor of the cigar is really fantastic. So looking forward to coming back um, uh, two weeks from tonight. So on, what is that, 29th, we will be on. Um, and it'll be you and me head-to-head -head again, Eric, Hi, with the AJ Fernandez New World Dorado. Uh, just real quick on that topic before we sign off, and I'll talk about Smoke That Live too, but um, Jordan, one of the things we always talk about the, in the studio that's super interesting, and we've had this talk with Randy as well in person, uh, sometimes it seems like AJ Fernandez doesn't pay much attention to his own brands. Right. And mm. it's a shame because every time, almost every time he does – his own brands, they're very, they're really good, especially this Dorado. It makes you wonder if if he had a, a like a Terrence type of guy mm -hmm. that was in charge mm. of his brands. Now we're not talking yeah. about AJ Fernandez as a factory. I'm talking about right, the, brand, right. the brand, right? AJ Fernandez. Why do you think that is, Jordan? I think he was actually taking off. You know, uh, in talking about like 2016 time frame with the Bay SRTs that yeah. was everyone had that cigar as like top five of the year and then 
he was really on a nice trajectory, and it was at the same time that you know General and Altidus both wanted all their cigars made by him, and he just made a calculated decision. Distraction. Like, this is actually this is better for me. I'm I'm gonna go with this. But you know, I think there's been enough time. Maybe it, you're right. Like is you do you look back like I can build the brand and have the factory at the same time. I get somebody in like Terrence and and make make the brand big as well. Don't, Randy, don't you feel like if he had. And we keep right, saying right. Terrence just because he's like the the guy we've seen like build brands, build the kids. brand whisperer. Yeah, the brand whisperer. <laughs> if, he had, if he had a guy like that, like pushing New World, pushing uh, these brands that he makes, these are fantastic cigars. But he does seem distracted with you know the uh, the Altidus releases and the general can't blame releases. Him. Uh, yeah, you can't blame. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying, don't you feel like Randy? If he had a guy like that, like he could be killing it with some of these brands well yeah and i think it's an apt uh, uh, analogy to compare him to you know cus fernandez pre terrence was you know you look at a aj you look at his uh his parentage you look at uh, his uh, what, what he has he's a tobacco man anyone that you've ever met you know d- d- describes him as a tobacco man he he loves the agricultural side of it uh, you know from my understanding his his warehouse of stored tobaccos and aging tobaccos is bar none one, one of the greatest collections of some of the most premium tobacco um you know fermented on the face of the earth so you know maybe that's just where his passion is it's just like you know what i'm gonna get my tobacco and my blends into more people's humidors and into more people's pallets if i am teamed up with altidus and uh general you know developing cigar brands for them um but to your point yeah if he were to bring in and i and i'm i i feel bad i'm guessing he does have a head of sales that we're kind of dismissing a little bit but yeah if if he had more of a marketing and sales team with a strategy to build his brand you could identify with yeah a a guy that we got totally. to like I'm the guy that's behind New well, World. I'm it's hard to do that when your company is named AJ Fernandez Cigar Company. Like mm. you have mm. to be that guy. That's that's like if you're Rocky Patel, you have to be Rocky Patel. Mm, right. That's a good point. Um, anyways, um, I, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. I'll let Randy um, take us off the show. But uh, two nights from tonight, uh, we'll be back on Smoke Night Live. We're gonna do. Hey. It's it's basically what what's the hot stove league, Randy, in baseball, the hot stove league where you start picking um, uh, your your fantasy baseball league. So TPE just ended, and so we felt like this is the perfect time to do the cigar brand fantasy draft. We will be on nice. Friday night. It'll be me versus Jordan versus John McTavis, cigar surgeon. A good old John will be picking a team, as well as Matt Ty from How About That Cigar. It'll be the cigar brand fantasy draft it's our second edition of that show you're gonna love this show it's a total it's a blast we each get to draft a team of seven cigar brands large medium and small we also have a a flex uh company and we can steal from one another it's a great time we'll be doing that on friday night randall and i will let you take us off the air my friend well, no one does it better than Robbie Raz, but I'm going to give it a try. Uh, stay safe, <laughs> stay healthy, be kind to each other. It doesn't cost you anything. We'll catch you guys in two weeks as the Odyssey continues. 